Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SciSection. I'm Allison, and today I'm joined by Dr. Kim Clay, founder and CEO of Clay Like a Girl. So we're so happy to have you, Dr. Kim. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so just to get us started, could you share with us a little bit of your background on your career path before Play Like a Girl? Yeah, um, I often share that Play Like a Girl wasn't quite a straight line. <laughs> My career has taken some twists and turns, probably like most professionals. Uh, I left home, grow, grew up in small town Mississippi, um, headed for New Orleans, Louisiana, the big city, the big easy, and um, studied at Xavier University of Louisiana. Uh, where I met my now husband, and I have a son who is now there as a college freshman. So life is coming full circle. Um, but I, I went to college to actually be um, a journalist and uh, somehow landed my way in health communication, which opened the world of public health to me. Um, and so I went on to pursue my uh, master's in my PhD I uh, worked at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which everybody knows right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, and was funded as uh, a cancer researcher by the National Cancer Institute at NIH um, in my career um, as a university professor at the University of Georgia. Uh, so that was the, the short version <laughs> of my life before um, doing nonprofit work uh, as the leader of Play Like a Girl. Wow, that's such a cool path, I feel like from journalism to public health and communications, you really do get to touch a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's often, you know, when I mentor students, one of the things I often message is that there is no experience that's lost, right? There's nothing mm -hmm. wasted. Um, I actually use my PR uh, skills probably more now uh, than I did, you know, coming right out of school, uh, working at a local newspaper. Um, you know, there are skill sets that are just absolutely necessary. Uh, and and are cross-transferable um, to any um, job or work that you choose to do. The same applies. I actually received my master's degree in social work as well as a clinical social worker along the way. And just the skill to be able to deal with people, to have the, the skill of empathy, to, to listen to the challenges that people are facing in their lives, especially now um, during such an unprecedented time, of great loss for a lot of people, whether it's the social isolation aspect or actual death of someone that you know, um, my ability to be able to draw from the skill set that I have as a social worker has really proven uh, to be quite useful uh, at this particular time as we deliver trauma-centered trauma uh, work with the girls that we serve at Play Like a Girl. Yeah, and I think on, um transferable skills that's really crucial to play like a girl and I think maybe to move on to that um, current work that you're doing I just want to note how it's so fitting we didn't plan this but this past week was National Girls and Women's in Sports Day so I feel like this yes. is the perfect time to be doing yeah. this interview it's um, the hottest day of the year for us <laughs> Yeah, and so for our listeners, Play Like a Girl is this great organization that inspires young girls to play sports and ultimately leverage those transferable skills like you were talking about for future careers in competitive fields, including STEM. So Dr. Kim, what was your inspiration for establishing Play Like a Girl? Yeah, so again, you know, 
during my days at CDC, I'd done a lot of work around uh, racial and ethnic disparities in health. And when I went back to pursue my PhD, I continued that work um, more niche focused in the area of cancer prevention and control. And one of the things we know in public health is often in most chronic diseases, in the case of most chronic diseases, uh, overweight and obesity uh, is the primary um, you know, predisposing factor for many populations, especially populations of color. Personally, I'd suffered with and struggled with uh, overweight and obesity all of my life at that point, continue to struggle even today at 45. Um, I knew that we needed to intervene in some way. And so because I was drawn to community level work, working uh, with actual people, touching them, engaging with them, uh, and really intervening at the point of the individual, um, I wanted to create some type of program that would help to address these issues that were predisposing young women uh, of color in the state of Alabama, which is where Play Like a Girl is founded, uh, were located and experiencing early onset or early exposure uh, to breast and cervical cancer. So initially our work was actually um, health focused. Our whole intention was to get girls moving, get them active, screen um, women and girls uh, around um, you know, chronic diseases, not just cancer, but also heart disease. We did a lot of HIV prevention work back in the day. Uh, and over time, it evolved into a nonprofit. It started as a classroom project for my PhD. It grew in popularity uh, because moms and girls enjoyed doing it together. It was really um, event centered. So, you know, we would use a hook of an event like a concert or um, some other type of social event to, to generate the audience. And then once we got them there and they were captivated, we engaged them in a lot of important activations. But one of the most important ones was to educate and then to screen them for chronic illness. So that's how we got our start. Um, the decision to uh, integrate STEM and as an academic outcome actually was made much later. We were founded in 2004, uh, but the decision to make that shift was in 2016 when ESPNW and Ernst & Young conducted a global study of women in the C-suite executive positions all across the world, found that 94% of women in the C-suite played sport. 56% of them played through college. And so for me, that was an indicator that we needed to leverage sport for more than just the, the, the health benefit uh, because we see sport as so catalytic in terms of really opening the door for women in terms of lifelong success across all areas of life. And so this gave us something to hang our hats on. And um, honestly, it was the best decision we ever made. Yeah, that's really cool. It's kind of a, I think both purposes really serve well. I think yeah, when I was yeah. younger, my mom put me in sports for those same reasons. She wanted me yeah. to be active and um, she wanted me to always be exercising and like sports are a great way to do that. And then also, yeah. I think I realized in hindsight how many skills I gained from being on the court yes. or on the field. And I just didn't notice things like communication with my teammates was such yeah. a big thing. Even like kind of holding my own position on the court, making space oh, yeah. for myself in a community oh, yeah. was something I didn't realize, yeah. but it yeah. allowed me to have much more of a voice. Yeah, our core belief statement as an organization is that we believe girls who are given the chance to play on a team become women with the confidence to stand on their own. 
So exactly what you um, what you just shared. Um, you know, part of my origin story is that I grew up in this small town in Mississippi. Um, small but large enough to be the pit stop on the way to the next largest town, right? Uh, which happens to be a football town, uh, SEC football town, so really serious. Um, but in my small town, um, I lived in a city where today even there is a black park and a white park. So physical activity and the access to physical activity was not the same in my community. So for me growing up, you know, the opportunity to one, go to a park you know, that was not, you know, it was a limited opportunity. Um, secondly, as I, you know, continued to matriculate through school, uh, the sport opportunities were also limited in that um, there were, you know, unspoken rules or expectations around who could play sport by race and ethnicity. Uh, black girls tended to, you know, only be you know, populating the um, basketball team or the track and, and field program, uh, whereas the softball team was reserved for white girls. And even today in 2021, uh, that largely describes my local high school uh, and middle school sports program. Uh, although yes, soccer has now been added, uh, but when you look at soccer, again, you, you've got a primarily uh, brown and black girls soccer team. So, you know, that really informed uh, who I had become, you know, my own personal life struggles with weight uh, and with health, but it also informed the work that I would do. Um, and so we have a, a very special interest in ensuring that black and brown girls have access uh, to role models, coaches and mentors. And, you know, that's a huge focus for us in terms of exposure for our girls as well. Yeah, that's so great. And then um, your website actually has some really great quotes from girls who are in various programs, noting how they were starting to feel inspired to join STEM or excited to learn about all the opportunities available to them. So I was just wondering, what is one of your personal favorite or maybe even most rewarding ways that you've been able to see the impact that sports or play like a girl has on these youth? Oh, I get to realize um, another full circle moment. Um, uh, one of my girls came back uh, last semester to speak um, to our current middle school girls. She started our program in the fourth grade and she is a college freshman today. I am so excited. The second part of that story is that her name is Hannah. Hannah Selders uh, from Dallas, Texas. Um, she actually will be the leader of what we're calling our new STEAM team brand ambassador program. So she will be the face of a young brand ambassadors group that we're creating to represent each of the disciplines in STEAM. Um, they will be creating content for our social media, our website and the like that really connects and engages in a much more near peer approach um, for, with the girls that we serve. So for me to now see Hannah from fourth grade grow up and become one, a, a thriving college student, but she's also an entrepreneur. Her area in the STEAM um, uh, disciplines is art. She's a uh, fashion and um, master of, of business student in, in, at Hampton University. And so she is living out her passion for art and fashion uh, and sharing that uh, now, paying, paying it forward to the next generation of girls, um, you know, who are doing the same program she did many years ago. 
that's such a great success story almost it's like mm-hmm. you I think a lot of us when we grow up we do want to give back to the places that really helped us become who we want to be in the best ways yeah yeah mm-hmm. and Hannah's definitely uh doing that and we're so pleased <laughs> oh yeah and then I just um was kind of curious so we mentioned kind of leadership making space for yourself but what are some other specific skills that you found that sports can kind of transfer and set the foundation for in competitive fields. Yeah, so you're so right. Leadership, um, the mere essence of teamwork, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's built into sport, but also the sportsmanship piece, um, learning how to lose um, and learning how to win and learning how to congratulate the winner when you lose, (laughs) Uh, how to celebrate other people's you know, winning moments. Um, we have a session in our mentoring program um, that deals with failure and, you know, overcoming the, the fear of failure, but also using failure as fuel. That's hugely important for us. Um, and so we train our girls to one, anticipate failure and develop the skill sets necessary um, to be able to emotionally deal with failure uh, and then turn failure around. So, you know, we talk about the the bounce back and resiliency a lot with our girls, Um, but also core to that, uh, the very first two sessions that we do with the girls is about knowing who you are, you know, what are your values? Uh, And and failure uh, is important. It's important to know your value about winning, your value about losing. Uh, the second one is about setting smart goals, you know, knowing where you're, who you are, but also knowing where you're going, because um, by doing so, you can also plan for those moments, right, where you have to pivot, where you have to uh, rebound, where you have to try again, even when you fail. But, you know, the most important thing, I think, in everything we give our girls, everything they gain from sport, I think is confidence. Um, It's not that girls cannot compete at the same levels as their male peers. It is that we have been programmed through social norms, you know, as little girls, you know, how many parents uh, give their girls the Tonka truck as compared to the Barbie doll, you know? That's programming a girl um, to move away from tinkering and and being dirty and exploring, you know? Um, And so sets a girl up for later in life typically during the middle school years, um, to abandon an interest in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And so we're saying, no, you know, we've got to reverse those messages, reverse the norms, reverse, you know, the stereotypes that girls uh, have come to know as normal in their lives, um, such that they get to see something different. And so we do that by one, Um, engaging them in hands-on STEM experiments and exercises. We have what we call STEM Saturday, which is a makerspace workshop where they get to tinker, they get to code, they get to um, practice robotics and, you know, some other fun things and engineering as well. Um, In fact, the girls have produced music. They have developed uh, apps and games. We even have uh, a 10-year-old girl, Carwin Wilson, in our program uh, who participated in our STEM and entrepreneurship Camp, uh, camp last summer, who has started her own line of skin products called Rue by Carwin. She's from New Orleans, Rue by Carwin. So, you know, 
it's it's the confidence that the girls uh, gain through all of these experiences, plus the skills, those hard skills that they get as well, that really, I think, uh, grants girls permission. Uh, not that they should have to have permission, uh, but often, you know, it is seeing that it's possible, having an example and a role model that's critical. Uh, and so we do that, too, through our mentoring program. We take girls out into industry work environments through corporate field trips so that they get to see women in STEM in action. So it's, it's a myriad of things, but ultimately it is about bolstering and building uh, their, their self-confidence. Uh, yeah, I think... I definitely think that's such a great idea because I remember for me, the reason I wanted to be in STEM was exactly that. I saw a female in STEM and I just saw myself. I knew that was what I wanted to be and I saw it possible. Yeah. And I remember yeah. it was in seventh grade for me in middle school. It like totally changed my life after that. Yeah. And similarly, like in my classes right now, I'm kind of getting that reinforcement of the importance of making smart goals, learning about failure and having a growth yeah. mindset about it, kind of moving yeah. on from it. So it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great that yeah. young girls are learning about it too. Yeah, well, that's that's great to hear too, because, <laughs> you know, when I was in school, formal education didn't include any of that in messaging, right? We yeah. didn't learn anything about growth mindset. Um, <laughs> you know, you just picked yourself up and you kept moving. Um, <laughs> did you gain a skill with it? No. <laughs> you know, you just did what you do to survive. So yeah, to be able to one, see it formalized um, at your level, but yes, to be able to offer it to girls in middle school, for me, that's a huge, um, you know, point of success uh, for us as an organization. Yeah, for sure. And then I think one last question is how can people help or get involved with this cause? Because it's so yeah. important. Well, one, you know, college students, we're always recruiting interns. You know, if you'd like to intern or volunteer, uh, I really encourage folks to visit our website at iplaylikeagirl.org and backslash jobs, uh, which is where those jobs and internships would be posted. But if you have an idea about something you want to do and there's not currently a posting, um, simply send us an email through our website uh, and propose or ask uh, for the opportunity that you'd like to pursue. Um, in terms of general population, you know, we're always in the position of need in terms of donations. So I won't even, you know, belabor that one. Uh, but, you know, a big part of what we do is, uh, you know, the mentoring piece, especially now during COVID when we're depending on, you know, digital education and learning for our interaction with our girls. So um, I encourage folks to visit our website at Again, I play like a girl.org backslash mentor. There's a short form uh, where you can add your personal information and be added to our list for mentors for the upcoming cycle. Uh, we just closed mentor applications for the spring cycle, but uh, our girls, uh, actually applications for girls anywhere in the world um, who want to participate in our mentoring program can do so. It's a lot of fun. It's interactive. It's, you know, high energy, hands on. Uh, but you also get the opportunity to learn about women's careers uh, from big companies. I, I saw a list this morning. We've got Uber, Apple, um, J.E. Dunn Construction, a local company here in Nashville. Um, and, 
you know, the Home Depot, everything in between is represented among the women who are um, approved as mentors this year. So that's a huge way to give back. But also, again, get the girls in your circle, your network, your community, your family, your school, get them involved um, as mentees in the program. And all of that information uh, is available on our website. Well, well, I think that's a great way to wrap up this episode of Sci Section. So thank you, Dr. Kim, so much for talking thank with you. me today. And then for our listeners, definitely go do that. Go check out iplaylikeagirl.org.